Three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 20s and 20 podcast, where we cover everything you need to know about your 20s in only 20 minutes. I'm Mallory Metz, and this is as good as it gets. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of 20s and 20. I'm Mallory Metz, and today I'm so excited to announce our guest is Christy Valdeseri. Christy, how are you? Hey, girl. I'm so great. I'm so happy to be here. So excited to have you. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Cool. So I am from Philly, Pennsylvania, but I live in Los Angeles. I'm 26. I'm a dancer. I've been dancing for 22 years now. I'm a Sports Illustrated model, actually the first ever bald model to be in their magazine. I'm a fitness instructor. I'm a public speaker. And I lost all my hair to alopecia about three years ago. And I'm just navigating my new normal, trying to figure it out. I'm so excited. Honestly, I first discovered you through your TikTok, which went (gasps) viral. And I was like, I have to talk to this girl because your journey has been so crazy. But first, let's talk a little bit before you found out about your alopecia. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I went to Penn State University and I was a theater major there. And I was in a sorority and, you know, I was a blonde and my college experience was so fun. And I just knew myself as this blonde and it felt like I was invincible. I was dating a football player. Yeah, I had a fun ass college experience, to be honest. Yeah, you're you're obviously someone who's super performative, you're a dancer, theater. When you were looking at what you thought your life was going to be after college, did you know you wanted to go into modeling? Well, yeah. After college, I was just trying to pursue dance. Like I imagined being just a blonde dancer, really, but mm-hmm. life never goes the way you plan it, you know? And then when did you first notice you were starting to lose your hair? Was that during college? Was that after college? Yeah, that was after college. I walked in graduation May 6th or 7th. And then on June 1st, I found like a tiny bald patch on the top of my head and legit was like this is nothing it's gonna go away it's from the sun or it's from pulling my hair up too tight this has got to be nothing so you were starting to lose your hair Mm -hmm. and then when did you fully feel like oh man this is more than just a little bit of a problem I graduated I found that ball patch I moved to New York to do a dance program and it was pretty much like a pre-professional program to get you ready for the dance industry so we had all these mock auditions and blah 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 all about our appearance having our makeup perfectly done, our outfits, our hair, and my hair's just falling and falling and falling. And I'm like doing everything I can, wear headbands, switch my part to hide the bald patches. But yeah, that summer Mm -hmm. I realized that it was a little bit more severe and I found my way to a dermatologist and they were shocked how much was falling. And they were like, yeah, this looks like it's alopecia. And my reaction was like, I don't really give a shit what it is. Call it whatever you want, but like, what can I do in this moment to fix this right now? And there is nothing that you can do in the moment to fix it right now. So for the listeners out there, can you explain a little bit about what alopecia exactly is? Yeah, so I hate to define myself by this word. I like to just call it hair loss, but for knowledge and to raise awareness, it's (laughs) alopecia and it's an autoimmune disease. They think your body's attacking itself and it's causing the hair to fall out. I have my skeptics about that, but I almost had my hair back a year and a half ago. I changed my diet, did all the things to grow my hair back and it was 85% back and then it fell out again out of the blue. So it's really like a 
crazy disease, if you even have to call it that, that you don't know exactly why. You don't know the cause of it. It can be from stress. People say hereditary. Honestly, it's such a gray area of like what exactly it is and what causes it and how to heal it. It's a mess. And I'd rather just live my life with this look and like not put all my energy into healing something that's out of my control. But yeah, it is an autoimmune disease and it is very common. And that is why we're here to normalize it and not make bald people feel so weird. A hundred percent. It's like you shouldn't have to be going through all this stress to bring your hair back. It should just be a normal thing that you can just own it and live your right. life. I just want to be okay being bald and like make it more normal because it's such a stressor to try to figure it all out. So right after you went to the dermatologist and they were like, it's alopecia, you're losing your hair. Were you like, just fix it? Or were you going right away to get a wig? What went into that process? Yeah, that's a good question. I was talking to the dermatologist and she talked me into getting steroid shots, which at this point in my life, I would never do. But I was young and hopeless and didn't know anything about this beast alopecia. And I got steroid shots, probably like 30 throughout my head, literally shots in my mm-hmm. head. I think I got it a couple times because that's the medical world's next step when you have alopecia or have hair loss. So that's what I did. I didn't even go to talk about a wig yet. I could still kind of hide it up at this point. Ow, I'm thinking about them. <laughs> not <laughs> fun. Into my like, head. Not fun. Were you seeing the results you wanted or were you like, it's just not worth it? Uh, actually, it did help a little because I did have some regrowth. My hair was kind of growing in. Who knows if it was that? That's crazy. So what was like, your first job out of college? Yeah, so amidst dealing with all this, I was so determined to book a cruise job as a performer on a cruise ship because I grew up going on cruises mm-hmm. and thought it was a dream come true, you know, to travel, make money and perform. And I ended up booking a cruise gig and it was an eight month long contract and it was the best experience of my life in the beginning. And then I was fired out of the blue because I stood out and I drew attention. That's the only information I ever received. And I was sent home. It was so traumatizing. And then I lost all my hair after that. What do you mean they said you stood out? (laughs) Exactly. Like that's all I was ever told. I don't know if it was they could see my bald patches. I will never know because the guy who made the call is an asshole clearly. And he never answered (laughs) my phone calls, emailed me back. It's such a unended question kind of thing. But it's happened for a reason because I'm in a way better place now. And then from that trauma of losing my job, I lost all my hair. Losing your job and then you lost all your hair and then were you like, what do I do from here? (laughs) What else can I lose at this point? That's how I felt. (laughs) I gratefully had my parents' house that I could go back to. I mean, they kicked me off the ship at 6.45am and flew me back to Philly from Washington State. I was back in my parents' house and was like, I can't let this continue to consume me. I took two or three weeks to wither in the sadness and be upset about it. And then I found this wig company that I glued a wig on the perimeter of my head. So I would sleep, shower, work out everything in this wig and then I booked a one-way flight to LA and was like that's it I'm going there and not looking back you had this wig glued (laughs) on you did everything in it were you like I hate this was your scalp irritated I mean imagine having something on your head 24 7 it was definitely something to adjust to I mean I would bend my arm and sleep on my arm in the same position every night because I didn't want to rough up the wig and then when I came out here to LA I don't know it's probably a couple months after I moved out here I had this horrible infection irritation the perimeter of my head it legit it looks like a red headband all the way around my head but it was the most severe pain in the world and I couldn't wear wigs and no one knew about this huge secret I had I came out here to restart be the blondes that I knew myself as and I couldn't wear wigs so I hid in my room for like two weeks all I would do was I worked at a bar put on a wig not glue it and put a hat on that was my only option I had to work and I couldn't tell
tell people that I was bald. That's how I felt. That is brutal. Wait, so first I want to backtrack a little Uh bit and talk about your move to LA. So you basically were like, I'm going to go out to LA. I'm going to turn my life around, but I'm going to be this like blonde persona. Did you know anyone when you moved to LA? Yes. I knew one girl who I went to college with. She was my sorority and I stayed with her when I moved out here. And no, I didn't have an apartment or a job, but something inside my heart was telling me I have to go there. And thank God I really listened to myself. I didn't really know much. And yeah, I didn't really know many people. I'm from the East Coast, but I stayed with my friend and every day I would go out and look at apartments and go on Facebook, search apartments and would go view them. And then I would walk around because I didn't have a car. I would walk around Hollywood (laughs) and give my resume to every damn bar that I could pass to be like, I need a job, hire me. So that's what I did when I moved here. And then I luckily found an apartment two weeks after I moved here that I moved into for a little bit. Then you eventually got hired to work at a bar. And then were you trying to still be a dancer? Were you trying to model? What was that like? Yeah. So I knew that I needed first and foremost to get a job. And then I got signed by a dance agency, actually, within this month that I moved out here. And I was feeling good about that. And I was signed as a blonde girl because no one knew. And I continued to hide as just holding on to who I used to be. And I would go out for auditions in this blonde wig. When did you change your mindset of like, I'm actually okay. And I want to own this and drive awareness and be Mm -hmm. a leader for others. Yeah. So I met this girl the second day I came out here. One of our mutual friends connected us and she had also lost her hair and we hit it off. And she's like my number one best friend. Her name's Morgan Devalier. And I watched her share her story and open up about it. And it was just such a weight lifted. And she like transformed into this beautiful, powerful, confident woman. And I was really admiring that. So that was definitely playing a part. And then I got to the point that I was sick of being something that I wasn't. I worked at a bar in Hollywood and people would comment at the bar like, oh my God, are you wearing extensions? Or is that a wig? Or do you dye your hair blonde? Or is that natural? It was always a thing. And when anyone would ever bring attention to it, I would break down, have a huge knot in my stomach, like go in the bathroom and cry. And it was just consuming Mm me. I don't know how to exactly explain it, but I just wanted to feel free. And I wanted to give my body the chance to heal it and grow the hair back. And I was like, if I open up about this, maybe that'll be like a weight lifted. And then it will allow my hair to grow, even though it was way harder than just the one time thought that I'm like, let's open up about it. Like it was a long time coming of me slowly telling people when they would ask about if it was an extension or a wig or whatever, I would tell them one at a time and be like, please don't tell anybody that this is a wig. I'm bald and it's so sensitive to me. Please don't tell anyone. But that helped me slowly gain the strength to open up to everybody by telling people like one-on-one. You obviously made that change first in your personal life and like with people you were comfortable with. And then when did you take that in to auditions? Was Sports Illustrated your first time sort of owning that or were there smaller opportunities first that kind of built you up? Yeah, so I opened up about it almost two years ago now and I went to dance auditions without my wig. So it's actually funny. I met with my dance agent and was like, hey, I'm like kind of feeling this way that I want to tell you guys I'm wearing a wig. I was so nervous, so young and so naive to the industry thinking that they own my career. And I was like, I want to tell you guys this. I'm wearing a wig. I'm bald. What do you think about me possibly doing bald headshots at some point? Not now. I'm not ready, but eventually. And she kind of wrote it off and was like, oh no, I think stay a blonde. That's not needed. And that didn't sit well. So I left that agency and found a new agency where they found me at this like mock audition where I wasn't wearing my wig for the first time and they were like Mm -hmm. very interested and signed me so yeah I went to smaller auditions without my wig but I had brown patches of hair growing in it wasn't my look right now it was patchiness (laughs) 
So I look back, I'm like, what was I thinking? But honestly, go me for not doing a fuck. Right. I'm like, that's crazy. Honestly, fuck that first agency. Screw them. Right. But you got with this other agency. And then were they the ones who were like, hey, we have this opportunity? Or did you seek out this Sports Illustrated opportunity? Yeah, so this was just dance agencies that I was speaking about. I saw my mm-hmm. friends the year prior submitted. And at the time, it was just you make a video on Instagram and submit yourself. And my friend did it the year prior. And I remember thinking thinking, oh my God, I can only do that when my hair grows in. And then the next year came around, my hair was almost in in April, falls out out of the blue, the end of April. And then I shaved it and was like, all right, here we go again. And then in May, I was like, all right, I'm making this video and I'm going for it. So what was it like waiting to hear back from Sports Illustrated? What was the process like on waiting for a response from them? Yeah, well, I remember they posted that video on their Instagram and I was like, oh my God, yay. Like having <laughs> a little moment and then they invited me to come skip the first round it's an open call in Miami so thousands of women so I got to skip the first round and go to the second round where you speak to the cover girls you speak to the editors and you have two minutes to speak one-on-one to an editor and I remember I was like okay Christy I'm going for this right now so I took off my wig I was so scared and so nervous but I like took off my wig in front of them and just tried to express my message is exactly what your brand's message is and then I was staying with my friend actually in Miami and then I got a phone call I was like at a happy hour by the water and I got a phone call that I (laughs) was top 60 So then the next day we had, yeah, it was a great feeling. And then the next day we had a photo shoot. We had question and answers, interviews, that kind of thing. And then they announced the top 17. And then we walked on the runway that night in Miami. And that's when I'm sure you saw in that video, I ripped off my wig on the runway. Mm -hmm. And then we waited and waited and waited. That was in July. And then I found out in January that I made top six and that I was going to shoot with them in February. That is crazy. (laughs) First of all, if I would have gotten that phone call at a bar, I would have been like, Bring me a bottle of booze. Bring me around the oh tequila. My God, right? <laughs> I, I would have not made it probably to the next day. How were the girls you surrounded yourself with? Did you primarily keep your wig on or were you like full blown wig off? Oh, that's such a good question. Girls? Yeah. That weekend, I mostly wore no wig. I remember one day I wore like a bandana around my head. I wasn't totally as confident and comfortable with it as I am now. So I definitely brought my wig. And I remember we had like a Q&A with some of the models that had been in the magazine. And I was just like so insanely nervous to speak up. But I pretty much said I lost my hair. I just remember everyone that weekend, like all the women, all the people that were auditioning, all the editors, all the models feeling so lifted up and celebrated and myself. Truly, that brand really attracts amazing down to earth women for the first time in like three years I felt like myself again that weekend that makes me have so much more respect for Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated that like if you can feel like that everyone probably right. can so what was it like going on that shoot so you got the call hey we're gonna shoot in February for the actual magazine mm-hmm. and then what happened there did they just like treat you to everything were you like a celebrity basically, <laughs> um, basically literally <laughs> it was amazing it was four nights in Turks and Caicos and we stayed at this beautiful resort and we each had our own room and I was the first to shoot so we literally got there and I flew from LA and I shot the next morning so we had our fitting that night when we got there and then my call time was like 5 a.m and then we shot all day we wrapped at 7 I want to say it was an amazing experience I would do it over a thousand trillion times if I could I would go to Turks and Caicos a thousand times <laughs> at this point yes I think we all need that <laughs> how long was it from your photo shoot to when you actually got to see your spread in sports illustration 
frustrating. Yeah. So the photo shoot was the end of February. Thank God before quarantine happened. So we were luckily in the mag. And then I saw it for the first time when it hit the stands on July 21st. And I just cried. And like, it was the best moment (laughs) to see it in the flesh, hold it and be like, wow, I did that. And after going through the adversity of losing my hair, I really did that. It was like such a surreal moment to see it in the physical magazine, you know? Definitely. And did they send you a copy? I would have bought like 20 and then framed it and then sent one to everyone I know. (laughs) Did you share it with everyone? Yeah, so they sent us copies after. So I didn't like have it prior to the date that it was released. So uh, my friend and I went to this newsstand in LA and got it. And the guy at the newsstand was so funny. I guess he recognized me because of my bald head. And he was like, oh my God, you're in the magazine, aren't you? And like comes up and gets me to autograph my photo. (laughs) And he made the little moment like so great. This little girl that I know who also has lost her hair, her and her mom sent me a magazine to sign. And so many little girls and so many women that also have alopecia have sent me pictures of them with my photo. And there are really no words to express how much that means to me to see other, especially the younger girls that I work with, to see them like see me in this magazine. I want them to believe that they can do this too. And that hair is just a thing that doesn't need to stop you from living your life. And I think that's a great takeaway. If you can see yourself represented in one of the top modeling magazines out there, you could probably do anything. So I bet that's such a good self-confidence for girls out there who are in your similar situation that haven't reached that point of confidence yet. I hope hope that that gives them hope because I didn't have that. I mean, I didn't grow up with alopecia, but when I was 22, 23, I didn't know anyone with it. And I truly thought my career and my happiness was over because I was losing my hair. So I know so many people can relate to that feeling. So what's life been like now? Quarantine happened. That's when the magazine was released. But what's next for you and your brand? During quarantine, I've created this online community that's called The Baltourage. And it's a group for women, girls, moms, that have daughters with hair loss to come together. I mean, all the events right now and stuff that I hold is virtual given the circumstances, but I host monthly workout classes or dance classes for adults and for kids. And then next month is Alopecia Awareness Month. So I'm prepping for a bunch of fun stuff that I'm going to present to the Baltarage to feel like a community and feel like they're not alone. And some of the moms that I've connected, they have become great friends. So it's a great mesh of all these different circumstances around hair loss just to come together and feel like they're not aliens because in today's society it's really hard to be a bald girl and I just feel so strongly about normalizing it and continue to push my message that beauty is so much more than just what you look like. I think that's amazing that you've even started the Bald Taraj. I think that's a great name and a great brand. I think it's important that there's resources out there like that because a lot of people like I said earlier don't even really understand alopecia. I think it's important to call attention to that. Thanks girl. So Christy for your background. I end every episode talking about pet peeves relative to the subject that we've been talking about. Be really interested to talk about the modeling industry and pet peeves you have around Mm -hmm. that. Well, sometimes when I'm filling out applications or submitting for something, it will say, what is your hair length or what's your hair color? And the bald option is not yeah. an option. And I, and I mean, that's extremely frustrating because I know I'm not the only bald girl submitting for these things or whatnot. So that's frustrating. That's more on different levels, whether it's like getting your driver's license or it's going to a commercial mm-hmm. audition. Like that needs to always be an option. A pet peeve I have as just a person living uh-huh. life is I'm a really tall girl. Like I'm 5'11". Yeah. But- like the girls that you see representing 
who you are and your height is not necessarily your figure. My build is very athletic and it's important, I think, to see representation of yourself. So I always really respect companies like Sports Illustrated or Uh Harry does a great job who are authentically putting girls out there that actually look like Yeah, I totally agree. It's so frustrating when it's just duplicates of each other. So unrelatable to the average person. Christy, this has been so much fun and I'm so excited for this episode. Yes, me too. Thanks so much for having me and I really appreciate your sensitivity and your curiosity. It means a lot to me. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go to our Instagram, follow us, give us a like, give us a shout out, tell your mom, tell your grandma, and leave us a comment. Thanks for joining us.